everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on the We Thrive podcast, where we share stories from entrepreneurs around the world about how they're creating an impactful legacy. I'm your host, Casey Clark, and I'm also the founder and chief growth officer of C. Clark Consulting. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Drew B. Harilau. <laughs> so, well done. Awesome. And uh, he is a leadership identity and business coach with Nine Leadership. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me, Casey. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for hosting this. This is a great, the great, uh, great podcast you guys are doing. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, like you said, I'm a leadership identity and business coach. And what does that all mean? Um, so leadership coaches obviously are people that help leaders to build self-awareness and, under, and understand their, themselves a little better so they can be better leaders to others. Um, I work in, depending on what kind of context I work in, I work in basically the world where you don't know what you don't know, right? So it's bringing self-awareness, um, helping people to develop skills and habits that create self-awareness for them over time, whether I'm working with them or not. And the identity piece of it is really the fascinating fun part for me, which is really identifying who you are at your core versus who you are to the world and how you let the world interact with you. Um, and that's that's the piece that I'm kind of fleshing out in terms of that. And so it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun doing that kind of work. And then the business side, I, I love working with small and medium-sized businesses. I mean, I work for, with businesses of all kinds, uh, all sizes and shapes, uh, anywhere up to like, you know, 100,000 employees. But the fun stuff for me is really the small businesses and medium, medium businesses, because those are the ones that are really agile and are really able to turn on a dime and, and really be creative about what their solutions are, how they want to build, how they want to grow. And um, yeah, they, they can create their own place in the market, which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into coaching? I kind of fell into it, honestly. Um, I was, so I, I, I'm, I'm a recovering attorney. <laughs> so I was an attorney for a period of time up in Boston. I, I'm from DC originally, uh, born and raised. And then I went to Boston uh, for law school. I went to Suffolk University Law School. Um, I was an attorney for about almost a, a, just under a year, essentially. <clears throat> uh, I didn't, I, and then moved back to DC. I did not pass the bar in Maryland. Uh, I went, moved back here to be closer to family. And um so I didn't pass the bar here. So I decided to do IT, mostly because I'm Indian. That's kind of how, how we roll. Um, it's either doctor or IT, and I, I wasn't going to go to med school. So I figured, why not do IT? Uh, so I became a project manager, was doing, doing that kind of work. And in the process of doing that, I wanted to do a lot of work on myself to be a good project manager, to, to be good for my team, to be good for my organization, and to really help my clients and really help them grow. Um, in the course of doing that, I'm doing a lot of self-reflection, a lot of learning, uh, I came across a couple of different folks in the coaching space and they informed me that I was doing coaching for a long time without even knowing what I, what I was doing. I wasn't pure coaching, but I was helping like, you know, in, in law school, I was helping the younger students to acclimate to law school, to make the transition properly and to help them start building interview skills and stuff like that and, and really be better for getting jobs or, you know, making the resumes better. And so that awareness really for me helped me kind of propel myself towards coaching more I actually started out started out officially in dating coaching believe it or not um oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah and so I was doing a lot of dating coaching for um primarily for IT professionals because you know they they have a there's a stereotype for a reason <laughs> and you know any any folks who dedicate themselves to school or to a high level of performance in school for a long period of time um they tend to sacrifice other parts of their lives right and social is one of those parts so I was trying to help those people to, to, to build some more social skills and be more confident in who they are, which translates it's not just to dating or, or anything like that, but to the, all relationships that they have, whether it's work, family, or whatever. And so then that moved into professional development coaching because networking and dating are exactly the same thing, except one, you're building attraction. The other one, you're just building trust. 
Um, and so <clears throat> translate that skill that way. And then um, the leadership side of things came when I was talking to, I, I did start doing that on my own, but I wasn't marketing myself as a leadership coach yet. Mm -hmm. um, I met a friend of a friend and he and I was using a lot of the same terminology. I was like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a leadership executive coach. I'm like, oh, cool. I, I'm trying to get into that, actually. He's like, oh, if you're trying to do that, you got to get certified. That's the best way to do it. So, you know, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, where'd you get certified? He's like, well, I went to Georgetown. I'm like, okay, cool. How's the program there? He's like, it's one of the best programs in the world. If you can get in, definitely go to Georgetown. I'm like, all right, cool. So I applied, got in. Fingers, thankfully, thankfully got in there. And I, it was an amazing program. I got certified by them as a leadership coach. And I've been doing that since then. Um, the business side of things, I, I've been an entrepreneur ever since I can remember. <laughs> so um, it's all the, the, the stuff that I've learned over the years, plus the coaching parts of things, which combined makes makes for a pretty fun and uh, creative experience. So that's yeah. the long-winded version of how I am where I am right now. So I love that, though, because it sounds to me like work probably doesn't feel like work for you. No, it doesn't. Um, it, uh, let me back up. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't feel like work because I love what I do and I really feel like I'm, I'm definitely helping people. I love the, the work that I do. On the flip side of things, it can become, <laughs> it, it can be taxing. Uh, there was a, actually, la I think it was last week. Um, I, I unfortunately, I scheduled two clients too close together, uh, like three, three different clients that were very close together time-wise. And each one of them ran over by just enough time to not give me time to reset between clients. And they were extremely emotional, like, not in a bad way, but it's, it's like very like deep, there were deep sessions, right? And they involved a lot of energy, a lot of like deep heart work. And um, it was actually very interesting because two of the clients that, that I, that they were prospective clients actually, they had the exact same issue. Oh, wow. Exact, I mean, exact same issue, but they were completely different places in life and completely different situations. One was a 22 year old girl who's going through med school right now and having a lot of trouble with imposter syndrome. Another was a 47 year old woman who's going, thinking about trying to start her own business and having imposters room about that. And it's like, here are these two women who are in completely different places in life, completely different backgrounds, completely different people, obviously. Yeah. And they're having the exact, struggling with the exact same issues, right? Yeah. And it was just, but it was again, very deep heart work. And, and I, after those two, those two conversations, I had another conversation with someone that wasn't, it wasn't a coaching session. It was just, just a, a networking one-to-one, -one, but that also got very deep. <laughs> And so after that, I was like, oh, my brain and my heart are totally, totally fried right now. I got to do nothing for the rest of the night. I got to just like watch mindless TV or something, you know, like I was just exhausted, you know, but it, in the best way, you know, but yeah. it can, it, it can be taxing. I will say that. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I have the same thing. Like, I'm like, what am I doing booking all these meetings like that require my brain? And then I'm like, okay, just, I want to veg out on the couch. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Self-care is, is definitely underrated nowadays. You got that right. Absolutely. So speaking of self-care and how you're helping other people, what uh, does thriving mean to you and how are you making sure that you're thriving? So I think everyone has their own definition of thriving. My personal definition for me is, is being able to, I mean, when the world's not a lockdown, being able to travel and explore the world and go on adventures with my dog. Um, and that, that's, that's without having to worry about money, right? That's thriving to me is really being able to freely explore and do things and, 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 you know, spend money on, on people I care about and myself and my dog, obviously. Um, you know, I, I mentioned my dog a lot in case people didn't notice, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 I just love, I love experiences, right? I used to, there was a time in my life where I loved things and I still love some things. Like there's, there's still physical things that I still enjoy, you know, I'm a huge nerd. So I like to collect random comic books and that kind of thing here and there. 
but I've kind of, uh, for the most part, let go of that over the years. And I really value experiences more than I value things anymore. And so like, I would, I'll spend a lot more time and money on experiences than I will on a thing, right? Because a thing can get, can get destroyed, but that memory is never going to go away, you know? And I've come to value time infinitely more than I value money over time. And, and as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you know this as well as I do, that time is, is, people say time is money. Time is so much more valuable than money. You can always make another dollar. You can never make another minute, Yeah. right? So, so I, I, I think for me, thriving is making the most of every minute that I have and being able to, to not look back and say, damn, I wish I'd done that, or I should have done this with that time or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't regret, I don't want to regret anything in, 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 in my life, you know? Yeah. So as you have grown to that point in your life, what are some obstacles that you faced that kind of prohibited you from thriving? Uh, how long, how much time do we have for this again? <laughs> Let's get um, short-winded. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the top three. Um, the top and the one is definitely been my my personal um, my personal limiting beliefs, right? About myself, about my about who I, I was meant to be and who I was supposed to be, you know, to make other people happy. Essentially, um, you know, being a coach is not anything anyone grows up aspiring to be, you know. So I I never as a as a kid I never thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be a leadership coach or a business coach. Yeah, I wanted to. No, I actually wanted to be a paleontologist when I was a kid because I love dinosaurs. Um, but then at a certain point when I kind of grew up mentally, I wanted to be I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and I had this grand plan of how I was going to be a lawyer and that didn't happen, obviously, but learning to roll with the punches, I think is one thing that I, that I've learned over the years. And that's, that's been an obstacle is getting to the point where I'm okay with things. And again, I'm not like perfect right now, obviously isn't, I'm very, very, very far from being perfect, but I, I, I think I'm better at rolling with the punches than I used to be, you know, coming to the position that things happen for a reason is, is one, one big thing that that's helped me deal with my own limiting beliefs and of, of why things happen. Um, the other thing is obvious. I mean, I think a lot of us struggle with this sometimes is imposter syndrome. You know, when I first made the transition from being an attorney to being an IT professional, I had severe imposter syndrome. That's why I went after every possible training and, and, you know, professional development experience I could right at the time to try to, you know, get myself through that. And it's not an intellectual thing, right? It's not until you dive into the psychology of it, you realize it's not an intellectual thing. You know, intellectually that you are this thing that you are, right? Whether it's a doctor, lawyer, IT professional, coach, whatever, but intellectually is not what you're trying to fix it's it's the it's the internal part of it it's the identity piece of it that that your internal identity is not aligned with your external identity right and then you got what i call the shadow what carl jung calls the shadow which is always in the back of your head you know kind of trying to protect you but it has no idea how to do that properly so it ends up holding you back right so and then the the third thing i'd I'd say is probably just financial things obviously over the years right it's like being able to spend the money i did spend to be to, to build a successful business and being able to plan that out properly so that I'm not going into severe, significant debt to do so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely can relate to that. So having, you know, like yourself, many businesses that you've done, it's hard to fuel those yourself and, you know, still stay on top. So I can definitely relate. So what are some resources that you've used uh, when you've been overcoming like imposter syndrome or your own limiting beliefs? Um, one is friends and family uh, as much as you can. I mean, there's a point where, and, and this is where you have to be more selective about people in your life and who, who you choose to confide in. Cause some people will, will not, not intentionally, but they, they will, some people will tend, tend to hold you back. Right. They'll be like, because they have a, everyone has a, we all have our own, you know, paradigm of the world, the way we see the world, or our perspectives. And if your way of doing things doesn't fit into their paradigm, 
then they're going to be like, well, you should be doing things this way. This is the way that I do things. So that then this is the right way, right? Everyone has the right way of doing things. And if you're not doing things their way, then they'll try to make you fit into that. So um, for the most part, being selective about people like that, like the people in my life that I trust and I, that I've confided in over the years. But I think generally, I mean, it's really just seeking out new folks, new communities to be part of, you know, and, and diverse communities. And I don't mean that just racially. I mean, in terms of experiences, like the entrepreneur community is something that's something that I've jumped into and I've thrived in recently in the last couple of years that I've loved. Um, the coaching community for me has been fantastic as well, you know, and it's just, it's really cool because those, those are communities I, ne I was never exposed to as a younger person, right? Um, and then I'd say the third thing is just resources like resources that we, we overlook oftentimes, like books or, you know, not the internet. Book? No way! I know, right? <laughs> like, not social media? How about that? Like, let's, let's, let's say not, you know, for the, the programmers in the, in the audience, the uh, exclamation point point social media um you know it's like you are a nerd <laughs> yeah i'm a huge nerd um, <laughs> huge nerd um but no it's it's like there's audible there's all kinds of resources that the things that can they can just open open your mind to different concepts right different concepts that may not fit into your current paradigm mm -hmm. so that being able to expand your universe ex expand your, your thought process and being open to new information that may change the way you see the world that's okay you don't have to like lock into this. I have to see the world a certain way and we're going to fight everyone who fights, who, who, who doesn't fit into my current way of seeing things, you know? So what's your so. favorite book? My favorite book uh, of all time? It's uh, a good question. Um, so there, there's, <laughs> on the nonfiction side of things, I'll start with that. Um, I really love The Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's one of my favorite ones for sure because it's, it's a great, great book. Um, and the other one I'd probably say is, is I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which is by Ramit Sethi. And that's, it's, a, it's a really interesting way to think about money. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a really good one. Those are my two probably uh, nonfiction favorites. Fiction, like novels, I think uh, The Night Angel trilogy by Brent, Brent Weeks is really awesome. Um, really, really well done. Um, I actually wrote a novel myself that, that I was kind of partially inspired by that a little bit. But um, it's, it's been... That's not one of my favorites, but, but um, it's, it, it, that's, that book, that trilogy is really, really well-written. It's entertaining. It keeps you entertained from, from start to finish, and it's just fantastic. But the other second, close second is Ready Player One and Ready, Ready Player Two. Um, those are those two books. The movies were horrible, by the way. Just horrible. They made a movie off Ready Player One. It was not good. The book was fantastic. I, I, if you, if, even if you're not a nerd, you should check out the book when you get a chance. It's actually really good. Very entertaining. Yeah, I, uh, I'm one of those people that, as of right now, I only read nonfiction books, and it's funny, like, people make fun of me because they'll reference a movie, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but if you say, like, a word that reminds me of a song, I'll start singing the song because I, I just love music, but I'll have to check that out. Um, I need to get into some things that aren't so serious sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I try to diversify as much as I can, but there, there are times when I'm doing nothing but non, right now, I'm on a nonfiction kick. So I've been listening to a lot of nonfiction, but on the way back, when I was driving 42 hours from Vegas to here, I, I tended I tended to go towards fiction because it's more entertaining and keeps keeps me awake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. understand that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 
So talk to us a little bit about legacy. I think, um, you know, with you talking about having been a dating coach, like I think of, wow, like, you know, does he have this fantastic love story that led him to that? But <laughs> obviously it was the IT world. So, um, you know, when you think of legacy, you kind of think about like family and friends and just what you want people who come across you to think about, you know, when they think of you. So what, what does that term bring up for you? So for me, legacy is, is a pretty deep word. Um, so my company is called Nine Leadership, right? Um, I named it after my nephew. So my nephew, I actually named my nephew. His name is Nayan, obviously. Nayan means eyes, uh, which means it's like the more you see, the more you can do. So that's, that's the whole idea with that with Nine Leadership. If you can't see something, you, you, you're not aware of something, you can't do anything to change it, yeah. right? So that's where I got the name from. I, I kind of, I named it after my nephew. So that, that's, that's kind of like, I don't have kids of my own, obviously. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm divorced. I got divorced a couple of years ago. Um, and so. There goes me, the love story. <laughs> huh? I said, there goes the love story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, um, we're still, we're still friends. Um, but it was, it, our marriage, we're in our friendship basically. So we, we realized we were not, we should not have gotten married when we did. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just, you make certain choices and then you just own up to them. Like, okay, that was not a right choice for me at the moment, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but no, that there's definitely a, there's definitely, there are definitely love stories that are longer, longer um, conversations, but for another day. But um, for me, I think that there's, you know, for me, legacy means just leaving, leaving the world better than I, than I left than I, than I came into it. Right. Um, and that seems more, less and less likely every day as of 2020, but hopefully we'll be a little better off this at this point. Um, you know, we do the best we can, right? Yeah. The, the quote I always remember is, you know, everything you do will be insignificant, but it's very important you do it. Um, and I think that that's, that's telling of every person on the planet, right? Because all together, we individually, like, you know, if I choose to eat lunch at 1 p.m. versus 1.30, it doesn't really make a difference to the world that much, right? But if you look at it on, on a macro level, you look at it at, at like what I'm able to do between those 30 minutes, what the butterfly effect thing basically, right? Where it's like you you take those 30 minutes and you delay things by 30 minutes. If you delayed the whole world by 30 minutes, what would happen, right? Wow, that's a great way to look at it. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's craziness. And, um, and, and when you think about how, how much little things impact things, because it's not the, the thing itself. It's again, it's, it's that other poem with the, um, for want of a nail, the horse the, the the horse was not shoed. For once, want of a shoe, the horse did not. You ever heard of that that, that, that poem? That. It's a really cool poem. It's so it's, it's like for want of a nail, uh, this the shoe was not put on the horse. For one of I can't remember the exact thing. I'm, I'm butchering it like crazy. But one, for one of a horse, the rider couldn't deliver the message. For one of a message, the battle was lost. For what one of the for the battle being lost, the war was lost, right? All because of one nail, right? Wow. And it's like it's it's the impact of things down the line, not so much thing in the moment. So it's just an interesting way to think about it. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. No, yeah, I'll send you the actual, the actual non-butchered version of the, of the poem when I get it, when I find it. But well, it's, it's still it's, powerful butchered. So <laughs> thank I you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, and to the listeners, I apologize for butchering it that badly. For those of you who know the poem, it's it's much much more beautiful when it's written actually. But. <laughs> Awesome. So what uh, nuggets do you have for anyone who is just trying to figure out, you know, what their legacy is or who's just simply trying to thrive in life? Um, two things. One is um, it's something I've taken from Ramit Sethi, which is the, the guy who wrote that. I will think um, I will teach you to be rich, that book. Um, one, one policy he, he mentions in that book that he has for himself that I've started to adopt is I don't care what 
my, my situation is financially, whatever, if it's a book that I want to buy, I will buy it because it's something that, that's going to better me as a person. Right. And I think that can be taken to an extreme. I wouldn't say go to the extreme with that because there's some expensive self-development programs out there. But if there's, if there's a way to invest in yourself and in your own self-awareness and in your growth, um, and you can make it work, even if it's a little bit of a stretch, it will pay dividends over time. Right. Cause remember you can always make more money. You can't make more time. Right. So making the most of the time we have on this earth, we don't know how much we have each of us. So being able to invest in ourselves and do what we can to, to better ourselves, whether that's even, in, I'm not talking about coaching. Coaching is fantastic. It's a great way to do that, to keep that, to build the self-awareness and build habits and work with someone on a one-to-one -one basis to do that. Or in a group setting as well, group coaching is also available. But even if you're not able to necessarily afford that in the moment, reading books is underrated, severely underrated. Get off of social media, start, you know, read some, read some stuff that expands your mind, right? Read some stuff that intentionally disagrees with your views just to better understand the other side of things. I'm not saying you need to necessarily indoctrinate yourself with stuff that, that's, that's wrong or do, doesn't agree with you, but just understand where other people are coming from, yeah. right? Understand that I do a lot of movie, movie references, as you know, from knowing me for the last year or so, um, and TV references. And one of the lines I love from Cobra Kai, which is the sequel, the TV sequel to Karate Kid, is there's no good and evil in the world, right? There's what, what he says is it, it, everyone thinks that they're, they're the hero and everyone thinks that, that you're the villain, right? It's all, it's all about perspective. And what he, what he says is the struggle in this week, I, I'll change it to say basically instead of strong and weak, there's selfish and self, selfless, right? Or self, selfish people and people who are not selfish. Yeah. Um, so what you can do is understand what people's point of view is. Why do they think that they're the hero and you're the villain when the other one, other opposite might be true or neither might be true? Yeah. Yeah. So the book that keeps coming to mind, um, and I'd love to know if you've read it, is My Grandmother's Hands. I've heard of it. I've not read it, but I've heard of it. Oh, you have to. It is okay. such an eye-opening book about perspectives. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm reading a lot right now about trauma and how that affects how we show up for other people. And Absolutely. You, know, you and I could probably have like conversations for days about that stuff, but yeah. yeah. So any other nuggets that you have? Um, I think, you know, taking a step back, I think from, from everything, just if you're, if you're listening to this and you have people in your life who are younger people, like in their teens or in their early twenties, help them to not put the pressure on themselves as much as they can because they there's a lot of pressure on young people in our society right now to figure out your entire life when you're freaking 19 <laughs> you know what i mean and and i'm 36 and i haven't figured out my life yet so you know what i mean like i mean i, I don't know i don't know how you feel about this casey but i feel like there's so much pressure to say okay you got to pick a major you got to pick a chart your career path you got to start networking now and you don't know how to network by the way no one's taught you how to network no one's taught you what the difference between a debit and credit card are is right how no to one's, budget or anything like that. no one taught you how to budget no one's taught you what a budget actually is no one's no one's taught you how to build credit right yeah. or the fact that credit exists no one's taught you the basic life skills oh yeah by the way that thing called taxes you got to worry about no one's taught you anything about that either yeah. so we have these 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 expectations that we're putting on these kids when they don't know enough about the world to have expectations of themselves mm -hmm. right? it's like me telling you hey casey by the way uh listen so i need to get that report from you by 5 p.m today and you're like, what report? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm like, 5 p.m. is cool, right? Cool. And you're like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Good. Yeah, we're good to go. All right. I'll see you. I'll talk to you at 5. And you're yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's the same idea. Because you have zero information about what you need to do. Right. So yeah. that, that's, that's the thing I would say. So if there are young people in your life, encourage them to start 
reading more or doing some doing things to to have conversations that are deeper than deeper than their age people can 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 call it that but it's really just you know do what you can to try to take the burden off yeah i love that that's awesome i i have a soft spot for impacting you know people that are younger who know that there can be something better but like you're saying they have no clue so yeah and the other thing i would say is also <clears throat> unrelated uh don't don't the dog rescues because i love dogs um, but they need help really badly. And dogs are amazing. Dogs are better than people, frankly. So <laughs> I could agree Just with saying. that, except typically people don't make me sneeze and break out in hives. So I personally but like that's not the dog's fault. If they knew they were doing that, they would stop, I guarantee you. They probably would. <laughs> well, no one will love you unconditionally like a dog. You know, so uh, my boyfriend rescued a cat I have to share, and I don't care that he makes me sneeze. I will snuggle that cat all day long. I just think that he's the best thing ever. So, yeah, I think animals I are amazing. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Dogs are. and cats both. I mean, I, I I used to be a cat person when I was a kid, but then um, I I start I, the more I got exposed to dogs, the more I realized that the dogs are like dogs are like cats, except more dependent and more loving. Cats are kind of like they want they love you on their schedule. Yeah, like, <laughs> I like cats because they're more independent, but I mean, dogs, like, I, I just don't like to take care of other people so, yeah, or animals, yeah. but that's a whole different topic. But I mean, with dogs, it's like that unconditional love, like they're going to, you know, be there and just want like all of your attention. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So any other things that are top of mind for you that you haven't shared that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, not really. I mean, if, if you are if you are a person who's like a budding entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, uh, stop aspiring to do it. You know, try it out. I'm not saying quit your job and do it, but keep your job going. Test the market. There's no such thing as the market telling you the wrong thing. Uh, test the market with what your ideas are. See what makes sense. Talk to different people. Start networking about it. And just make it happen if it makes sense. Um, and then talk to different folks in different industries and just network your ass off, you know? And, and if you don't know how to network, learn how to network. Don't, don't just accept that. I, oh, I, I have a fixed mindset. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a good networker. It's not true. You're not just anything unless you, um, uh, sorry, it is true if you believe it, Yeah. you know, it, if you, so yeah. Oh, I have someone I'm sharing. I'm going to say fast forward this podcast to a specific point. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. And that was not prompted, by the way. She's not sending me, me notes or anything like that. I just said that out. That was unprompted. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate your time today. And it's always, you know, great chatting with you and um, always full of lots of laughs. So I appreciate everything that you contribute to the world. And um, I'd also like to thank our music sponsor, Stephen Lamar Moore, who made the music for our podcast. So thank you so much, Drew. It has been a pleasure. A pleasure is all mine. Thanks so much, Casey. Appreciate it. Thank you.